0: Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin MacDonald here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. On this week's episode of the podcast, we've got Laura Hamilton. Now, Laura's best known for being the host of A Place in the Sun. Not only that, she's also been on Dancing on Ice. She's been on Cowboy Builders, loads of other TV programs. So I'm sure many of you will know her. If you don't know her, then you should and you will want to after this episode. Laura talked through her journey from her very first buy-to-let property at the age of 19 to the development that she's working on right now and how she got into TV, into A Place in the Sun, and other TV shows as well. But at heart, she is a property person. So this is a little bit different to the interviews I've done in the past, but I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. So Laura, what do you think right now about interest rates? Um, Where do you think they're going to go? And yeah, what's your thoughts Well,
1: I've just seen a news alert flash up um, saying that they're expected to rise six percent not the 1.5 percent that everyone was thinking so yeah that's uh interesting isn't it six percent
0: why do you think that will do to the property market do you think it is going to cause a is there a big crash coming why do you think it's going to happen
1: I I think the property market is going to level out anyway I do because I think that it does go in that cycle it does it's what I've what I've seen what I've experienced over the last 20 years of being involved in property. So, you know, we were at an all time high, the market was was booming in the pandemic, you know, all the estate agents were talking about how, how crazy it was, it had to level out, it is leveling out right now. And and I think it, it, it might well take a, a slight dip. But if it does, it will 100% bounce back because it always does. Mm
0: yeah so when you say a slight dip do you think like you're talking more leveling out than a major crash some people are talking about i like I, 20- look, I, I don't
1: i don't think we're going to have a major crash i don't think we're going to have a major crash but i i definitely think it, we might have a little bit of a dip and um gosh i'm not somebody really that feels like i should be giving financial advice to people but um you, you don't really want a massive mortgage at this point do you with interest rates you know going the way they are and I think there are a lot of people that have taken advantage of the low interest rates and when money's cheap to borrow why not borrow because you know it's a great way to yeah, be able to capitalize on that but then you have to be able to ride the storm at the same time so um, you know I I just think as much as we, we want to as I say make, make the most of the low interest rates and and, and and that borrowing you have to be careful not to overstretch yourself
0: obviously because you never know
1: you never know what's going to happen
0: yeah obviously you're best known probably for a place on the sun and doing um a lot of hopefully healthy. not a
1: place on the sun a place in the sun a place
0: in the sun yes <laughs> a place in the sun if
1: it, was the, if it was on the sun it might be a bit hot
0: a place on the sun <laughs> would be would be very strange yeah a place in the sun um you're best known for A Place in the Sun. Obviously, you've been in a lot of other TV shows, which you can talk about in a while. But in A Place in the Sun, you're helping people buy property abroad. Now, with mm. the pound so down then against other currencies, is now a great time to maybe look at abroad rather than the UK? Or what's your thoughts on that?
1: It, it really is a, uh, a seller's market right now because... There's there's so few properties available for sale abroad so people are able to get great get great prices for them and I was away filming last week on the Costa del Sol and one of my favorite parts of the show is getting to go and have a nosy around a luxury property you know that we can't afford that's on the market for 4.2 million pounds and I was having a nosy around loving the interior design and talking to the agent and saying so how is the market at this end you know what's going on is it are you struggling Are people you know finding it difficult to sell houses at this level and she said absolutely not the market is crazy overseas at all levels even at 4.2 million pounds um there are buyers coming you know all over the world from all over the world and uh but yeah obviously um with with the, the the pound now it is a good time to buy abroad and i i was at a place in the sun exhibition at the weekend and i was listening to somebody saying that um actually, you really can use this to your advantage if you're thinking about buying abroad right now, because people that are have had their houses on the market maybe for six months, and that's quite unusual because the market is so crazy over there. If they've had their house on the market for six months, and obviously, you know, there's uh, there's been a, a change in the exchange rate, they put their property on the market, however long ago, six months ago, expecting to get X amount for it. And now with things changing they're not so use that to your advantage because they put it on the market six months ago when the exchange rate was what it was now it's changed so use that as a a way to negotiate on the price and i thought that was a really good tip
0: yeah because obviously if they sold it for less money now converting it back into pound they're going to still be better off
1: yeah but also well it's it's not um it's not illegal to, if somebody is selling their property and they're coming back to the UK and um, they uh, it's not illegal to do the deal in sterling, you have to do a percentage of it in, in euro, um, like the legals and things. But it is possible if you get a good solicitor, you can actually, um, because then that saves you changing your sterling into you know the, the currency for them to then change it back again. And you can use that as a way of negotiating as well oh. on the price. That's
0: really interesting. That could save a lot of money on currency exchange. But on you've got to get
1: you've yeah. So so finding a solicitor that obviously understands that and how it's going to work is kind of key. Um, but it's it's not it's not illegal to to do that. Should you wish to.
0: Right now, on a place in the sun, you bring loads of people abroad. you show them around all these properties, and I know what all of us back watching our TV sets are thinking. It's very simple. Are they having a free holiday or do they actually buy the properties? So does anybody so I, ever buy?
1: I can't believe I get asked this question as much as I do because I have filmed 16 episodes this year and I think 12 out of the 16 have all bought. Oh, wow. What you have to remember is when we film A Place in the Sun, we, on average, film between 80 and 100 episodes a year of the show and i think now we have about a 75 80 percent buying rate but there are old episodes that are repeated and perhaps you know if they were shot a couple of years ago then people weren't buying as much but this year and definitely over the last two years definitely since the pandemic um and and brexit the buying rate has has increased but they mix the shows up so although i've Filmed, you know I did six weeks filming in five weeks filming in in Greece this year and four out of the five bought well you won't see that those four episodes back to back to back to back they have to be mixed amongst other episodes with other presenters and other destinations you know other couples other budgets and so you know what it might be that they go right well we actually had this this many sales out of the the 100 episodes we filmed but we have to make sure that they're all spread out equally along the series
0: that makes sense yeah so um you've been presenting this for quite a while i guess one question years how many years 10 years 10 years how did it come about in the first place so how did you end up becoming the presenter of a place in the sun did it just i mean how does that even happen for somebody
1: well, so I've, I've been in television a long time. I've actually been working in television for 22 years, but been involved in property uh, for a little bit longer than that. And so I, I bought my first house at 19, and property was always very much like a, a sideline, a backup for me. I was passionate about working in television. And um won't bore you with my whole career history of... Of, you know tv presenting and what i what i did um but a year before i took part in dancing on ice because i was in dancing on ice in 2011 i met the team of a place in the sun and um a place in the sun weren't filming at the particular time they they knew of me from from television they knew i i was a kids tv presenter but they knew i had an interest in a background in buying doing up and selling houses and um they Said, look, we're not filming A Place in the Sun at the moment, but um, we know that it's going to come back, we know we're going to possibly need a new presenter. Okay, so is is it something I'd be interested in? Kind of silly question, of course, it was something I was interested in. So they came to my house that I was in at the time and did a taster tape. I pretty much did like a tour, a mini tour of my house as if I was showing you know a, a, a client my house, and um, that was that. Then I ended up in Dancing on Ice, and I that took up a lot of my time for the next sort of eight, eight nine months. And then um, a few months after I finished Dancing on Ice, The Place in the Sun got a recommission. And because I'd been in Dancing on Ice and I guess people people didn't really hadn't really heard um, who I was or didn't know anything about me as a kids TV presenter or there was only a very small audience that did, a few more people knew about me having taken part in, you know, Dancing on Ice. And so when uh, when the show got recommissioned, um channel four asked me to to join the team and and that was that 10 years ago wow and so I've done that show in between other bits and pieces from cowboy builders and bodge jobs to beat my build from channel four um I did the jump on channel four the ski jumping show um but all the while I've been even though I've been obviously filming my tv things I've still been doing property on the side been buying doing upselling um I bought my local village shop six years ago and um that was a that was a big development project because it was a commercial space um a flat above the shop a semi-detached house with a, a plot of land and um I I sort of decided to embark upon the journey of, whilst developing the properties, also developing the commercial space and business and um, creating a brand, bringing back the post office to the community, which I did. I qualified as a postmistress, along with eight other staff, and then we built the business and in the end had 24 members of the team and had a a vibrant coffee shop, deli and community community space, which at the time I did it because I wanted to build a brand and a business, but I also knew in turn that by doing what I was doing, it would be a benefit to the area from a property point of view and make the area a bit more desirable because um, what I created would be talked about in agents marketing material and um, would hopefully help people sell their houses.
0: A lot of people probably watching TV would think a TV presenter maybe is not actually a property investor as well. So would you consider yourself a property investor then? And um, and do you do, obviously you've do, that's quite uh, a
1: yeah, significant
0: I mean, project.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know about investor because would I, would I be investing in other people's?
2: If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process.
1: projects right now uh because i'm about at the moment i'm in the middle of a a build myself that i started i'm rebuilding my family home which i started in march this year and it's where i'm currently sat outside of in my car at the moment uh, so the builders are at hard at work i'm here making sure that they're i'm cracking the whip making sure that they're getting on but um yeah i uh, i've i've not invested in other people as such it's just I, I've sort of done it. Done it for my myself. Um, the the commercial projects and and the you know development of the flat and the house and the land was definitely that the the biggest project to embark upon. Maybe not so much from the property point of view actually, but the business, like building a brand and a business and setting up a coffee shop, was like a whole nother level because. I was used to renovating a house and putting in a kitchen and that being right. Well, that's your kitchen when you're putting a com- kitchen in a commercial space is a different ball game. You know, you've got environmental health to deal with. You have to have three basins, one for hand washing, one for food prep, one for cleaning utensils. You know, there are not just one fridge. You have to have various fridges for meats, fish. You know, there's, so it's a whole new kind of another level of, um, of renovating and, and a great experience that I've, I've learned. And, um, I actually, my advice to anyone would be you make more money renovating property than you would running a coffee shop. But it was for me, it was, it was the fun, it was the experience. And um, I, I lived on that same, I lived in that same area where that coffee shop was. And when my house was sold, of course, my business was mentioned as somewhere to go to and and, and enjoy.
0: You, you meet a lot of people and I, I meet a lot of people in property and they're always saying, I don't have time to do stuff. I've got a job. I don't have time. You obviously are a TV presenter. You've been on loads of different <laughs> shows. You have to travel abroad a lot to see these properties. You ran a coffee shop, developed a business, do projects. You're doing up your own house. How do you find the time? You're a mom. How do you find the time to juggle uh, all this? And what sort of advice would you give to other people who are thinking, you know, they would like to do something else. They'd like to try and maybe get involved in property. Uh, what advice would you give them to try and make time?
1: Well, the coffee shop's gone now. I I sold the coffee shop um, back in April. And so that's that was done. And actually, in terms of a build project, I've only got one on the go at the moment. Um, it's, it's always amazing, you know, that saying of you give a busy person something to do and they get it done you just I think look time management prioritizing I couldn't live without my phone my phone I've literally because because there is so much going on all the time and I, I don't necessarily get to do things straight away I'll always make a note of it straight in my phone and go right I've got to respond to that email put that on my notes so then when I get to the end of the day, when, you know, I read the children a bedtime story, they're tucked up in bed. I'll look through my notes and go, right, got to do that, got to do that, tick that off, tick that off, tick that off. So my my phone my constantly has a list of notes. And I think I've just, I mean, it is a skill. It is a skill to be able to multitask. And it's just something that I've always been able to do. My brain is frantic. And I think a lot of um entrepreneurs would say you know my brain's constant constantly wearing I don't I don't switch off very easily Um, I'm getting better at it but then almost when I've worked through my list of jobs I mean I never quite get to the end of it I'm like right what now what now what now what now now?" and so I think I'm just I have that personality where I just thrive off of not the stress but but it is stress you know I thrive off of the juggle and being busy but you know my children are paramount they are the most important of all like so this morning you know before I do anything my phone is my phone is like on the side I don't look at it we get up 6 30 I'm getting myself ready they're getting we're getting they're getting themselves ready it's breakfast. You know, we did a bit of reading and then we drive to school and then they're at school from eight o'clock. And they're actually there until five today because they have got swim club and blah, 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 whatever. So I then use that time when they're at school to go, right, okay. I pack all my things in that I need to do. You know, I've done an interview this morning. I'm chatting to you. Then I'm going up to London for some meetings. I'll make sure I'm back from five o'clock to pick them up. Um, but, but I've got to make sure I can get them something to eat before um, I pick them up, because at six o'clock my son has football until seven o'clock, and then we'll be back home organising the bags again for tomorrow. So it's like sometimes, sometimes I listen listen to myself speaking and think, bloody hell! I mean, I think I tire people out.
0: <laughs> it's full on. But you're
1: a long time dead, so you might as well just cram it all in. That's my my thing is just you know, life is life is 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 for living. It is for living and, and embrace it. And I'm such a positive person. I think if you want to do something, you can make it happen. You can. Just, you know, say you can and it will happen. If you're negative, if you're like, oh, I don't have the time, you know, well, well then you won't have the time. But if you say, I will have the time because I'm going to make the time and I'm going to make it happen, you'll make it happen.
0: Do you do you think that that was always? Were you born like that, or is that a learned skill? Is that something that um you know you get? You the more you take on, the more you train yourself to take more on. Can anybody think, do that?
1: I do think the more you train yourself, it, you know, it, it, you can. It is possible. I've got definitely got better at at it. Um, but I've always I've always been. Someone that's just always been into everything, <laughs> just wanting to. Oh, I'll give that a go. Yeah, I can do that. I'll try that. I've always been a yes. I'm just like yep, yep. Let's just let just say. I mean, I was, I was 19 and I was working. I got offered a job at a shopping channel up in Madlit, and um, the reason I took the job is because it was a permanent job in television, and my my thinking was if I can get a permanent job, I can get three months' worth of pay slips then I'll be able to get a mortgage, then I'll be able to buy my first property. And I was 19. And I'd worked in TV for 18, uh, since I was 18. So only for a year. But you know, I was quite confident I had had a job as a runner. I'd been training as assistant floor manager. And I thought, you know what, I can do this. So I went for a job as a floor manager. And I knew that I would be managing people that were eight years older than me and I sat in this interview and the production manager said to me but you're only 19 how do you think you're going to cope you know managing a 27 year old I said it's fine I can do it I can do it I can do I just had that kind of like it's fine I'll be fine and actually after I got I, I worked at that channel I think in total for sort of like nine it must have been a nine month job but I worked there long enough to get the mortgage bought my first property and three months after I bought my first property the channel went bust and I was made redundant. Well, I lost my job, everyone lost their jobs. And I thought, oh God, what happens now? I've taken on this mortgage. And instead of thinking, well, that's it, I'm screwed, I decided to let the property out. And that was where my property journey began. I let that property out and then thought, well, this is this is really good. This is a really good thing to do. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna move back home. <laughs> I mean I was 19 and save another deposit. And um that was where it began and it's crazy how like I didn't even think back then that I would bring property into my tv career but I did it was meant to be
0: how do you um obviously you are love for property and and stuff happens and you're best known for foreign property how do you think you bought property in the UK have you bought property abroad
1: we've got a family house overseas there's a family house in Spain so I was staying there last week and uh, whilst I was filming and then obviously at home well I'm at home now for two weeks and I'm going away again for another couple of weeks Um, I think I'm going to be filming on the Costa del Sol so if I am I'll be able to go go back and stay at the house and the children will be coming out too because it's half term so it's nice for them because when they come and um, if, I'm, if I'm working, it's home from home for them. They get to sort of stay in their own beds. And my daughter's um, getting quite good at Spanish. She speaks more Spanish than my, my son does. She's, she's more keen on, on languages. And, I, you know, I'm, uh, I love that. I love it when they, when they can get to join me when I'm working.
0: Do they have a love for property or are they too young yet?
1: well they've been involved in my build project that's for sure you know they've seen it from from uh, well they moved we moved into the house when i very first bought it and then i and they did say to me oh it's a bit it's a bit old mummy this place i said yeah but it won't look like this trust me we're gonna we're gonna rebuild it and they were like well why would you do that why don't you just like you know do it up i said no 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 we're gonna re, we're gonna rebuild it and um so they've been they've been involved they've been coming back to um the project to see it and um now it's it's nearly there you know the rooms are structurally there they're like wow okay cool now they don't remember what it was like before but interestingly they my my um they do love property i remember being abroad with them um many years ago and us going to look at somebody's house and the two of them were like oh this is where the bedroom is oh look at that that's where the lounge is and the lady that was showing us around going was was going Gosh, your two, your two are like mini, mini yous on a place in the sun. They're like, you know, how many bedrooms has this place got? Then and what's, what's the sun? Then? where's the garden? And where's this? But um, yeah, they um, who knows? I mean, I, I doubt, I doubt very much. They'll, they'll follow the the property route like I have, but. If they do, I support them, and if they don't, then they'll find their own ways. You know, they're they they're very very different as children. Rocco loves football; he's absolutely mad sport on sport. Talia loves singing; she loves horse riding. She wants to be a farmer when she grows up. So you know, they 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 can very much be who they they want to be, and and I'll um I support them whatever.
0: Do you think um just about children because a lot of parents people watching this will have kids that the um. The school system doesn't teach people enough about our kids enough about financial education over mm. sort of normal yeah. geography.
1: Well, I I got my two, the Go Henry cards, which are these little, you know, bank bank debit cards that um, they've got. And so now when we go out, they'll say, Oh, can I have this? Can I have that? And I'll say, What, well, you know, how much have you got in Go Henry? And, um, and actually, I've, I've been talking to the cost. We've been talking about the cost of living crisis as well with them and trying to make them aware, you know, like both both myself and their dad you know, saying, listen, when you're in the house, don't leave all the lights on. Switch the lights off as you go around. They're like, well, why? And we're like, because this costs money. This is, you know, the electricity bills are expensive. And, you know, trying to explain what's, what's going on. And they keep saying, are you all right for money then, mummy? Are you okay? But I'm like, look you know, we all need to be mindful of how much things are costing. Just don't go around leaving everything switched on. And they have, they, they are, um, you know, they're understanding now after they've had a shower, switch the light off. And so that's, um. I, I think we do need to, to teach our children for sure, like uh, how to manage money. Money doesn't grow on, on trees and, you know, they can't just get what they want when they want. I've had to work for it. And you know, that they're gonna to have to work for it too.
0: Your properties abroad, your property in the UK, is there a big difference between the UK market and the um European markets in terms of how you buy property? So the legal systems, yeah. all that type of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the buying the buying process abroad is actually far quicker. You know, in the UK, we I think the average time we say is like three months, twelve is twelve weeks. Like that's generally what people expect. In in Spain, if you've got a good solicitor, good, it can happen in three weeks, three four weeks. It can happen very very quickly. Um, so, um, but the, the the major difference, one of the major differences of buying property abroad, um, and I think they have a similar system in in Scotland actually, is that when you, gazumping doesn't really, Gazamping doesn't really exist as such abroad or in, in Spain. If we, you know, let's talk about Spain because that's where I've just been. When um, you put an offer on on a property in Spain, you um, have to put down pretty much a holding deposit and it's usually you know a couple of thousand euros three thousand euros and that secures the property as yours so it comes off the market no one else can view it and 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 that's it it's yours because something doesn't happen if you have to pull out of that property purchase because of you know a legal issue a structural issue or whatever you can pull out of it and you can get your money back but if you just change your mind you can't pull out of it you've lost that deposit it has gone if the owner decides to change their mind and not sell it to you just because they just don't want to sell it anymore the rule the law is not that I, I I was listening to a lawyer talk about this again at the weekend if they've changed their mind they are supposed to give you your money back and double it so
0: That's it just really good
1: well yeah so you know it's it's it kind of like really shows you're serious about selling you're serious about buying you know when you put your because I think how, how many people are guilty of you know going to look at house they just go oh, i really want it i really want to put the offer in haven't really done you know the due diligence the background they don't they don't know if they can really afford the mortgage the repayments or whatever and so it kind of it really does sort out the serious people in the overseas market than it does in the uk and i i, I don't know much about the scottish system but i do believe the scottish system works in a bit of a similar way you have to cut because something doesn't exist as much i've never bought up there so i don't know um so, um, yeah, that's that's a major difference. Fees can vary and um, dependent on you know where you are in the country. You know, there are certain in, in um certain areas that will that the percentage cost will be higher. Um you often find in um the Spanish markets in particular, properties don't really have sole agents. You've got multiple agents that are working. On on the property sales, um, so they don't have that exclusivity. And in in a market like France, um, loads of properties don't even actually even come on the market. You know, it's it all works through word of word of mouth. So you tend to have more buyers agents and sellers agents overseas. And I don't think it 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 works quite the same way here.
0: Yeah, but the UK system still takes about three months. Um, is that down to like our legal side? over the well i bought houses
1: the- i bought houses in the uk in three weeks as well you know when UK. i've when i think when you want to make it happen hmm. you can make it happen um but i think we're also a little bit bound if you're getting a mortgage that's that cat is obviously what can delay the the time because i know there was a massive backlog um with mortgage applications and so that definitely is why things tend to 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 drag out um but obviously if you're a cash buyer um or you know you've already got your mortgage in place in principle and you can book that survey in and you can get it done it is possible but you've got to have a solicitor that is on your side and on it and you know ideally not a chain because as soon as you've got you know a long chain multiple property sales that's that's why things can drag out
0: yeah absolutely do you think there's a lot of talk about blockchain and you know the all the changes with blockchain coming in that it's going to help the property market make it quicker to be able to buy properties do you know much about blockchain or what are your thoughts i on
1: don't it? i don't know much about that at all
0: so like um you, blockchains obviously there's cryptocurrencies and everything else but they're talking about um it been, it been able to put all of the the legal process so the searches the title deeds etc all this stuff would be done on the blockchain and then when you go to buy a right. house you can almost do a simultaneous completion it's
1: done wow well yeah i mean how, how comfortable people would feel about that i don't know but um yeah i'll have to i'll have to look into it i don't know much about it at all i It'll i personally a- try not to buy properties that are involved in chains or you know i just would sell a house make myself chain free and then it makes me a, in a position that i can uh, i can i can move quickly
0: your project you're at at the moment, the house you're working on. Um, how big a development is that? because I believe it's quite a big project, is it?
1: It is. yeah, it's uh, I I literally built I've rebuilt the house. So um the front part of the property, the existing part of the property, I took down every single wall in it and um put thirteen steels in and reconfigured the whole layout, and then did a double story extension. On the back of the house and um turned it to what was a three bed house with a, a kind of smallish third bedroom to it will be a five bedroom house but i'm going to use one of the bedrooms as a, a gym and then i've also got a 16th century folly attached to the building as well which will um most likely be some kind of office space so um yeah, it's uh, it is a big project, and i I say I'm, I'm nearing.
0: So, how do you handle a project like that? Do you have a? Do you have like a? Do do you say you tuck down these walls and you put steels in? Um,
1: I didn't do it myself, obviously.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Although I
1: was I was on a skip in a skip yesterday, jumping on the rubbish. You know, I do like to be involved in my projects, and um, yeah, I I, I imagine. I will end up painting, doing the miscoats, coats, painting the entire property just because money's running out now, you know. And so I'll do the jobs that I can do. Um, I, I got back from being abroad last last week. So on Friday afternoon when I was back, um, there was a lot of rubbish on site and I just felt like the whole site needed a massive clear up. So I um, I did that myself and had a, a bit of a bonfire and uh yeah cleared site and was here yesterday um doing a bit of filming because what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to make my my house as sustainable as possible and uh future proofing it so i've got solar panels i've got an air source heat pump that i've put in i'm partly off grid here so um I've, I'm having a car charger installed with something called an eddy. So I'm I'm working with a company called my energy are installing my car charger, installing an eddy and an eddy will convert the, um, the, the power from the solar panels and basically divert it either into my electric car charger and charge my car or put it into my underfloor heating system and reduce my, you know, my, um, hot water bills. So, um, and they also bring something else out called a Libby, which is, uh, is the battery pack, which could store the energy for, for me from my solar panels. So, you know, I am, I've, I've kind of done this. I've really tried to be mindful when it's come to this, this project to, um, to future proof it and and actually help me in terms of the cost of living crisis and bring my my lower my bills do
0: you think the government could do more on um helping people be able to install things in their properties to, to
1: well they are they are doing uh, they are doing certain things i mean you know there's there's um, grants for air source heat pumps um currently i think the solar panel grants have finished um now so it would be nice if they could if they could do a bit more to help with that but there are there are grants available um it's just knowing you know where how to find them this is my 17th renovation and even though this is my seventeenth time, it is different every time. I've never renovated a property that's partly off grid, so you know I've taken out a septic tank and I've put in a new um, sewage treatment plant. I've never put in an air source heat pump before. I've never put solar panels on a property, uh, so you know, I've I'm I'm lear- I I still learn even though I've done it this many times, and I just think, gosh, like you know. This, this, I think the previous project was with the commercial build was probably the largest and most challenging project to take on. But this is definitely up there in terms of um, a challenge.
0: Have you ever? Have you done all of this over the years on your own? Have you ever had any coaches, mentors uh, that have no. helped you on your journey? I, w-
1: I wish. I wish I'd, I'd heard about you guys and that. Might have my life. <laughs> A bit easier no I've I've really learned learned along the way and it goes the same with interior design as well I've just learned along along the way and just done what I you know I felt looked right or looked good and not always following the trend um just doing what I felt was right for for me um so no I I haven't I haven't done any any courses and I think it's a great great idea and opportunity you know what you offer and um i only wish i knew about it back back in the day what would have been, been on your, one of your courses <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's been your biggest mistake in property
1: oh i um it wasn't my mistake but i am um, some of the builders that i use on a previous project uh the, the the um the commercial space they ran the drainage the wrong way and, um, we were under pressure to open up the coffee shop and all the patio slabs were down, all the reinforced concrete was down and we opened up the shop and it all started backing up through the, um, basin in the shop and then it all had to be ripped up. So I had customers in the shop with pneumatic drills on past on the patio, um, out- they were working on the patio at the back and, um, yeah, that, that wasn't, um, a highlight of my property developing, uh, uh, experience but things happen they don't always run smoothly and it's like right okay it's messed up how do we make it right let's get it better and let's make it happen quickly and make sure this doesn't happen again so um it was just an unfortunate experience i also think that you know we the property market does go in cycles you will win some you will lose lose some dependent on what's happening at the time in the market um Again, that the, I talk about the, the previous development with the shop and the flats, but Brexit happened. And because Brexit happened, there was a dip in the market. And where we should have made, you know, X amount on the, the predicted amount on the properties, we didn't. Because Brexit happened and they sat on the market far longer than they should have done. They were in a desirable location and no one could have predicted that. So, you know, no matter how experienced you are, how much you think this is what you're going to do, Sometimes we just don't know. We just don't know because of extent, you know, external things that happen out of what, our control.
0: What would you say to anyone who's afraid to get started because they're fearful of something going wrong? What advice? Don't would you have give that you?
1: attitude. If you're going in with that attitude, then you've got the wrong attitude to start with. You just got you go in saying, "Oh, I'm fearful. I'm worried of this. I'm worried of that." Then you go in immediately with a bad attitude. You know, you can do it. You can and don't, maybe don't overstretch yourself for the first one. Like, you know, start small. And that's what I did. I started small. And then I, I, you know, I started with a one bedroom property. And then I I've built my, my, my way up. And then I I would have never believed that I would end up taking on a commercial property and, and doing that development. But I was like, you know what, I can do this, we can do it, we can do it, it's going to be fine. And I had so many, um like naysayers sort of saying but how how are you gonna do that you know you're a all the time you've got kids you've never run a shop you don't know what you're doing I'm like no but I can find out and we can do it and so uh, yeah I, I look back and think that was probably my greatest achievement in terms of property and, and business mm-hmm. um even though I would say running a coffee coffee shop isn't the most financially viable you know it's better to to renovate a house and make money that way, rather than have twenty-four employees and and um, making money on coffee. But it was fun and it was an experience and an experience that I wouldn't change. If
0: anybody wants to follow your journey, follow your renovation. Is there a way they can?
1: Oh yeah, so I um, I need to upload a video actually because um, I I post all about the the rebuild. It's called the rebuild. It's um, on my Instagram. I've got a YouTube channel that I set up on my socials. So my Instagram is at Laura Hamilton TV. And you can find me on Twitter in the same handle and um, my YouTube channel. But I do need to, I've got the footage there, but I need to upload it. Because once I upload it, where the build is now is actually more advanced than the the footage that I'm going to upload. So because they are moving really quickly right now. Tiles are, um, bathrooms are being tiled um and uh yeah we're very close to having the kitchen fitted so it's exciting
0: awesome i'm going to be watching to see what the journey is like to see the finished property so make sure you do upload them laura thank you for coming on and sharing with us your property journey and a bit about behind the scenes on a place in the sun and i'm sure the audience are absolutely going to love it so you've been listening to the progressive property podcast Remember, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. We're out every single Tuesday with new episodes. So make sure you like, subscribe, and do not miss any future episodes. I've been Kevin MacDonald. You've been amazing. See you next time.